welcome to episode Philip Kuba of the Cost for Pointcast. I'm your host, Trevor Shackles, and I'm back just in time for what is the beginning of a very busy off-season, and with me today is writer for Winner's View and Hockey's, Hockey Graphs, Matt Kane. Matt, how's hey. it going? Good, how are you doing? Well, I guess as as good as one can be with uh, with it raining the past week in Vancouver, but uh, you know... I'm uh, pretty excited to get you on today. This is the definitely the busiest time of the year with the uh, expansion draft, the entry draft, uh, free agency, all in the next two weeks. And uh, for today, I wanted to do a draft of my own since I've been looking for a way to do some sort of draft on this podcast for, for months. Uh, you ready for it? I, I am 100% ready. Okay. Or at least 90%. Okay. <laughs> um, since you're the guest, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you the, the first selection. Um, so just, just, I mean, you understand what's going on, but, um, for the listeners, obviously the senators submitted their list of players they want to protect on Sunday and we have that list available. Um, so I wanted to take the players who are unprotected and select the ones who you'd most want to keep on Ottawa. So the best players should theoretically be at the top and, uh, we can just go for four picks each, which is, I mean, a bit overkill, but. I mean, whatever drafts are fun, so uh, I'll, I'll let <laughs> you uh, take that first pick. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go with the super obvious pick and take Mark Mathot first. Um, for the Sens to lose him, even, even though I think he didn't have a great playoffs and maybe, you know, he's getting older, he's on the wrong side of 30, he's definitely a guy who it feels like uh, his game might age quicker than uh than you know a more mobile more offensively oriented defenseman i still think that the amount of value that he adds to the senators um kind of anchoring eric carlson to a degree offering a bit of defensive stability um and really playing the the sort of shutdown role that is is basically completely absent elsewhere in the in the senators defensive core right now I think he he's making about $5 million. If the Sens lose him, it would obviously be nice to have that $5 million, but I don't know that you necessarily have any player that you'll hurt more from losing more than Mark Mathot. See, that's interesting. I I don't think it's that obvious to, to pick Mathot because I'll, I'll counter uh, taking the second pick with, with Freddie Kleissen. Um, I think I'm, I'm definitely one of the higher guys on Kleissen. Um and to me, like, I, I agree with, with your point that, you know, Mathot is, he's been in, on the top pair for since 2012-13 season, um, and, and he's been really good with Carlson, but at the same time, I, I'd love to have that cap space, and the fact that he's, what, like, I want to say like seven, maybe even eight years older than, than Kleissen, I mean, that's, that's a pretty big age gap, and I just, I don't know if if Mathot is going to be a, a guy that ages well um I mean that remains to be seen but I think you'd take that cap space so but but at the same time like I'm not I'm not going to be happy if they lose Mathot but at the same time I'd I think I'd rather keep Kleissen um I, I don't know what are your thoughts on Kleissen then I I do he he was probably number two or three on my list of guys I would have kept. I am really excited. I, I don't want to lose him at all. I think my thought with Mathod is that, for the Sens at least, they're probably going to be playing in more of a win-now mode next year, just given 
given where where they sit and he kind of offers a bit of insurance for them in the event that goes wrong which you know looking at their underlying numbers from the regular season last year is a definite possibility that they're not going to be contenders he feels like the type of player who he'll have a year and a half, just over a year left on his deal at the trade deadline next year that if the Sens, you know, blow things up and need to move some assets to pick up some picks, Mark Mathod is kind of the guy who who feels like the ultimate trade deadline pickup, a guy who every team is going to going to want to go out there and say, you know, we could all use a shutdown defenseman to to play those tough minutes defending a lead in the playoffs. And he may be a guy that if you if you think the team has more a bit more downside, he could have more value in terms of moving him in the future. No, that's a fair point. Um, we, we can definitely talk about um, a thought um, after we finish the draft because I wanted to touch on something else. But um, so you pick my thought first. I pick Kleisen second. Uh, who is your second and second pick and third overall pick? Uh, I'm gonna go Clark MacArthur. Uh, even though you know, it kind of remains to be seen if he's if he's actually going to be playing or not. I right. thought he was he was pretty effective in the playoffs this year. He's obviously a guy who throughout his career has been a great possession driver, which really is somewhere that the Sens have struggled over over the last few years outside of Eric Carlson, really. Uh, and so I, I think that you know, looking at his play in the playoffs, I think he made the team a lot more dynamic up front. He really stretched out the offensive ability and allowed them to to run with a bit more depth than they were running in the whole regular season which i think is one of the reasons that the sends did do a well i don't want to say a bit a lot better than i think a lot of people expected <laughs> uh having watched their their regular yeah. season so i mean it may just be small sample size and, and you know a story that's really easy to root for but i i think he's a guy who coming in next year maybe one of the reasons why you might have more hope for the Sens than their than their regular season numbers last year would have suggested right and I, I think coming into last season a lot of people were um, expecting MacArthur to be healthy and you know that's why a lot of people were optimistic they were saying oh they got three good lines um, that obviously never happened till the end of the season um, but would you agree that MacArthur's kind of a guy who is more valuable to the Sens and you think like He's probably not going to be taken by Vegas just because of uh, of his injury history. So like he, it would really suck if he was lost. But it's the chances are pretty slim that they that he actually gets taken. I, I yeah, I think there's next to a zero percent chance, um, yeah. given his given his history and the way that Vegas really needs to make pretty much every asset that they're picking in this draft matter, with the exception of whoever they take from Vancouver, who's yeah. <laughs> probably going to be the least relevant, uh, least relevant pick uh, in the, in the expansion draft. So I, I think there's like a super low chance, but if, if they did lose him, it's, it's sort of a one-sided, like the Sens would be very upset. Whereas Vegas right. probably, probably a, a new golden Knights fan isn't going to be all that excited to, to see that Clark MacArthur's on their team. <laughs> Right, and, and that's why I was I was happily surprised to see that they protected Dezingle over over MacArthur just because of that very fact, the fact that, um, you know, I really don't think Vegas is going to take him, so um, I was happy he was left exposed because they're probably going to be be able to keep him anyway. Um, so with my second pick, um, I think it's pretty obvious I'll take Chris Weidman. Um, I think I think a lot of people 
forgot how good Weidman was in the first half of the season and even the second half of the season. He, he gets a lot of crap from, from fans, I find. Along with Freddie, I'm also a high on Weidman too, so um, I'm obviously a bit biased there. But I think he's a really perfect third-pairing defenseman, and they really don't have any other right-handed guys who can do that. Um, I mean, I, I think he's better than Cody Cece. It remains to be seen if he can play on the second pairing because they've never actually put him there. But, yeah. um, I mean, if they lose him, they really don't have anyone to replace him there. Um, I forget is – I should know this, but I forget is Ben Harper left shot or right shot? Uh, I – think he's a right shot i don't know for sure right but he, he's he's just like scary to be to be out there in general oh yeah left. i like i wouldn't i wouldn't bank on him um like if he was if he did replace chris weidman i wouldn't bank on him being able to be just as good as weidman was so i think that would really suck if they lost him but i if they were going to take a defenseman they probably would take method or Kleisen, so i'm not too worried about it but um it's definitely a, a big big hole on that right side especially considering cody cc is hashtag actually bad so <laughs> yes exactly yeah he he's one one guy who who weidman you would you would hope you know i think if you put a lot of fans in charge of the team he he would be moving up very quickly with with cody moving down very yeah. quickly in the lineup yeah <laughs> so um your third pick then uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Ned. I'm gonna take Andrew Hammond, who yep. I I think they they losing him would be bad simply because they don't have. I don't even know if they have another goalie under contract for next year. Um, I think or or, or protected. I think they have Hoberg uh, in the AHL. L O maybe yeah. yeah. But no no one with really any uh, any NHL experience. No. Um, Hammond obviously not uh, did not have a great year last year, but his fundamental underlying numbers have always been fairly strong, which is again is odd because his AHL numbers were not fairly strong. Um, but he does seem like again kind of a high upside guy. Where you know if you need him to uh, to take control because. Craig Anderson is 36 and, and getting older by the day. Um, you could probably trust him, and and he may be a guy that you again turn into an asset at the trade deadline next year if he does get a few good starts under his belt. Right, Hammond has had the weirdest career as a senator. I mean, when he started his career in 2014-15, um, a lot of fans really overvalued him, um, and, and people were happy to see Robin Leonard go. And and now they're really undervaluing him, under evaluating him, and um, you know he played I think six games this season, which is an incredibly small sample size for a goalie. And you know he was terrible during that time, and he's been hurt a lot in the past two years, which is really frustrating. But his his career save percentage was around I think nine twenty five or something like that. Uh, it's not like he's been terrible outside of uh outside of that miracle run he was actually decent in 2015-16 so it, it is weird that people have just sort of given up on him I, I still think he can be a decent backup so I mean and you're right like they don't really have anyone else right now unless um they do they do resign Mike Condon but I I, I still think this is a probably a controversial opinion but I still think Hammond is the better backup I I, I think so too I think he's 
probably has less value now, but yeah. I think if you were if you were to put both of them in the in the Sens net next year, you probably get better results out of Hammond. Because right. like like you said, he he had a good 15, 16 season. It's just the fact that he wasn't putting up like a nine fifty save percentage again yeah. that sort of soured a lot of people. He didn't win like eighteen straight games for some reason. I know that's uh, I guess it's not a repeatable skill to do that. Yes. Strangely, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know. <laughs> I guess with my next pick, um, I will take Hammond's counterpart uh, for Mike Condon, just because, like you said, again, they don't really have uh, many goalies. Or, well, actually, that's not totally true, but um, I guess it, it would kind of suck if they lost one of these guys. Obviously, it would suck a lot less than Kleisen, Mathod, Weidman, all these guys. Um, but, you know, I, I really think Ottawa wants to re-sign Condon, so... Um, and there aren't really many guys left on this list, so I'll take him. He's, you know, he was okay. I think he had 914 this year, which is, I think it was exactly league average. Um, there's an argument to be made that maybe with more of a goal, like a backup goalie's um, uh, playing time, like I guess he'd be a bit better because I think he played what it was like 27 straight games or something. Yeah, that's um, so you know maybe maybe his numbers get a bit of a boost, but I don't know. At the same time, he he's never been overly impressive, and I think his numbers were pretty inflated by his like first five or six games as a senator because after that it was it was you know around like. 908 909 kind of which is definitely not good enough um but you know he's probably still passable as as a fine backup goalie at this point oh for sure yeah i, I think he he he's wasn't as good as he w- was to start the season probably wasn't as bad as he was towards the the end of his his playing time but he's he's definitely a guy who i think the opinion is still higher of him than it was going into the year last year and that you could you could get some serviceable backup starts out and and again move him or or uh potentially turn him into an asset at some point yep agreed um so your last pick then not many players left <laughs> <laughs> no i i'm i'm scanning through the list yeah. trying to find someone under contract yeah. <laughs> uh i i'm gonna i'm going to avoid bobby ryan and choose uh chris di domenico Ooh, okay. um, who, who didn't really like get a shot last no. year um i think he played three games after like all the fanfare um when he came over but He's a guy who I think, you know, could at least be interesting to take a look at. Um, Pyatt isn't under contract for next year, I don't think. I'm sure they'll resign um, him, though. Yeah, so, I mean, he I I wasn't a huge fan of Pyatt, although he was better when he was away from Chris Kelly. But, you know, getting Di Domenico in, at least he's he's sort of the high upside guy who, who could potentially add a lot of fourth-line value um, at relatively low opportunity cost there, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'm interested to see what he can do in the AHL. Um, you probably had the worst timing out of any player to sign with the team, though, because right after that, they uh, they acquired, you know, Stahlberg. Uh, I, I guess they already had Wingles at that point. Um, uh, yeah, but they got Stahlberg and Burroughs, and then I guess White even played in a couple games, so uh, definitely not good timing, but um, still, he still exists, so <laughs> we'll see what he can do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I guess... Ooh, I guess with my last pick, I'll take Stahlberg. He, he's a UFA, so, I mean, I'd be 
really surprised if, if Vegas took him. But um, I think he's I think he's really he's a perfect, I guess fourth line guy, and it's okay if he's if he's on your third line as well. Um, he looked to me like a like a pretty pretty good penalty killer. Um, you can probably get him for you know one and a half million, not not very much. And yeah, I, I think he was. The, the price that they paid to get Stahlberg, a third-round pick, that's exactly what they should have paid to get Alex Burrows. So I love the trade, and uh, <laughs> I definitely hope they re-sign him too. Yeah, he's he's a guy that I'd love for them to bring back. He He's weird because he was one guy where I think my like eye test of him valued him a lot higher than I think his like underlying stats would be. I was always yeah. sure that he was putting up like he he was involved in so many more plays and and I think he only ended up getting you know a handful of points and and didn't have phenomenal stats but he he had that speed out there on the penalty kill that but you know sort of made them a bit more dangerous than I think they were through the through the rest of the season but he 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 looked like an improvement at least over over for for the price that uh, that we had to pay for him yeah it, it was definitely worth it um I I think the general like the conclusion that I made when uh, looking at the this list of players who I'd I'd want to protect, I think uh, outside of Kleisen, Weidman, Mathot, and MacArthur, I mean, all those all those guys, those last four picks we took, I mean, I'd be totally fine with losing them. And even I, I think I'd even be fine with losing your first overall pick, Mark Mathot, just because I think um, Kleisen and Shabbat are there on that left side. I think they can ultimately replace him, but. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, none of these guys are like, it's not going to completely ruin the team, but it's, it's a bigger loss than, you know, like you said, a, a team like the Canucks. Oh, for sure. I, I, I think, you know, I don't want to see Mark Mathot go, but I also am, am very wary of the idea uh, of, of Pierre Dorian uh, sending assets over to Vegas to keep him in uh, Ottawa, specifically because you know Shabbat is likely coming in next year. I would I would think that he's now ready for for a full time role with the team. And you know you've you've got other guys like Kleisen who have shown that they can they can play whether it's whether it's alongside Carlson or, or lower down the lineup. So it's going to be a bit of a squeeze. So if you if you lose the the um, the highest paid player on the left side of your defense. Uh, well, sorry, not even the highest paid player. The the oldest player, I guess, would be the most <laughs> accurate way to describe him. If you lose a high paid older player, it's not the end of the world. And more specifically, I don't think you want to give up anything to keep him around. You, sir, are very good at segues because that was my exact. That was my next point. Um, is just talking about um, if Dorian wants to give up that asset just to keep him a thought, um, and because you know. I've heard rumors that Vegas already has at least, you know, two or three extra first round picks. I, I'm honestly, I'm sure they'll end up with probably six or seven first and second round picks, which is ridiculous. Um, do you think, well, I, I guess either like, do you think they will ultimately do this? Like will give up a first round pick just to keep Mathot, and then they'll ultimately take Kleisen or is that, <clears throat> is that too much of a risk for Doran? I I think in the end they're probably not going to give up that first round pick. Um, 
that's just my guess based on the fact that we haven't heard that it's a done deal already. I, I think that if they were going to expose him and were really worried uh, about losing him and, and, you know, couldn't imagine life without Mark Mathot <laughs> on their blue line, they would have made sure to find a way to... Um, to have that deal in place before before any of the the list came out, or to have it, you know, in theory, in place before any of the list came out, simply because you know we we've heard about all those other teams that had those right. uh, agreements in place coming out, you know, a week ago or so. So I think they're probably prepared. I think they're probably still trying to negotiate. I'm I'm hopeful that you know you don't give up that first round pick simply because you know if you were if you were the senators and and vegas had mark Mathot, i don't think you would be going in outright to offer a first round pick for him um it's only the fact that they they have had him before that i think is really yeah uh pushing them that way right and the, the way i view it is they are you willing to give up a first round pick um and just so that you can keep Mathot instead of Kleisen. So, like, the the downgrade between those two, you see that as worth a first-round pick, which in my mind is ridiculous because I, I see them as not too – like, really not that far. Um, like, I, I think Kleisen is closer to Mathot than people think, and the age difference and the salary make it – pretty much the same if not even higher value for Kleisen in my mind so I mean that's a really steep price to pay and and it could be you know maybe it's like a second or a third but even that I, I wouldn't do that but I don't know I really wouldn't be surprised if Dorian does do that but at the same time I've I've miscalculated Dorian a lot already <laughs> just in one season so I, I don't even know if I should guess what he's going to do anymore because uh, I don't know he's been kind of unpredictable sometimes yeah, I, I I wonder if the one wild card here too is whether Melnick is is going to say, well, you know, if we don't have to pay that five million dollars next year, it's yeah. not the end of the world for yeah for for him. Um, I I I can imagine that he it may be one of the areas where he's a bit more hands on and suggesting, right? Especially if if they're going to have to pay out a, a big contract to Eric Carlson and. In two years, yeah. you know, saving ten million dollars over the next two years is is going to go quite a ways towards uh towards making sure that they don't lose him in free agency, which is probably the the absolute nightmare scenario both for Dorian and for uh, and for Melnick at this point. Yeah, let's not talk about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody, you know, I I saw a really interesting point on Twitter. Um, can't remember who it was, but somebody said it would be just so evil if. McPhee wanted Kleisen uh, this whole entire time, but you know, came to Dorian saying, "Oh, like, do you wanna? We're gonna take Mathot. Like, do you wanna? Do you wanna give us a pick so we don't take him?" So they they uh, acquire that first round pick and then just take Kleisen anyway, which is the player they were gonna take the whole time. I I, I actually think that that's pro that may be what's like going on right now. Yeah. In that you know they probably didn't expect Mathot to be available. Or, or might have guessed that he he wouldn't be available, and they may be sort of like saying, "Well, this is a a nice little surprise for us to get the player that we want." And, and yeah, exactly. And another asset, anyways. <laughs> um, Don't so, give him any ideas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, would you have made any any changes to the Sens protection list if you could have? 
I don't think I would. I, I I still go back to the that I think you'd rather have Mathot than CC in the lineup, but I think CC has someone around the league or a lot of people around the league I think like Cody CC and and the Sens have at least picked up on the fact that I, I'm hopeful that they're keeping him around because they think he still has trade value rather than they yep. think he still has hockey value. Um, but there, there, there are a lot of people who I think they they watch Cody CC or they look at Cody CC and they say, you know, that's a that's a top pairing defenseman. That's a guy who who I, I I'm having trouble saying it <laughs> with a straight face. Yeah, but... that's never not laughable. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into into what I'm reading online, which is always a danger. But it does seem sort of like the Sens have the idea that perhaps they can move him for a stronger asset. Um, but maybe they're just you know again in in love with their own player who who you know was supposed to be an answer on their blue line, but but hasn't really turned out that way. Right. I I have no idea what they're gonna do with him because. I'm not going to believe um, that CC's moving till they actually do it. I mean, they've, they've been his biggest, his biggest fan um, since he came to the NHL. Um, I think I agree with you. It, it's only worth protecting him if they're going to move him for something better or move him and then like sign a free agent or something like that. Um, just because of that trade value. Like I still, I think he can probably uh, get like, a decent forward in return or you can package him with I don't know with someone like Colin White for for a bigger return um but yeah like if if they're just keeping him on the team he's not worth worth that value on the ice but for some reason he still has some trade value so um I guess it would be worth that uh worth it keeping him then um, but for the forwards, I think I, I would definitely keep them the same. Would, would you keep them the same as well? I would, yeah. I, I mean, MacArthur's a guy that you're you're hoping to have around, but I think they they probably, like we said, accurately judge that Vegas wouldn't go near MacArthur. Um, and given the guys they have under contract, I, I don't think it's the end of the world if if say yeah. Vegas goes off board and takes Alex Burrows or something. <laughs> I, I don't think the Sens will be all that upset about that. Can you imagine the scenes though on Twitter if they ultimately end up losing Jonathan Dolan for nothing? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, uh, that, that's, that would that's be another fun. thing that I don't want to uh, don't want to think about. I, I mean, I, w- I would not be fun on Twitter that day. So, <laughs> <laughs> I I, th- I think no matter what happens, no matter who goes out, just because my thoughts been been left unprotected, there's probably going to be someone who is upset with who 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 is like very upset with who the sense lose whether it's i think the 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 core clayson fan group that um that that is is going to be saddened by the fact that you know someone with potential is gone or or if it's Mathot, there he's obviously got a lot of uh, a lot of people who will think that there's no way anyone else can play alongside eric carlson um <laughs> Which, which seems like a funny thought to me because I, I think you could put not not necessarily anyone, but a lot of people there, and, and you wouldn't have to worry too much. Well, you can you can put the guy who uh, this podcast is named after, episode seventeen, Philip Kuba. 
is is, is Kuba still playing? He's not. Is no, he? no. But in in, uh, in I think eleven twelve, right? That was his partner. Was it? Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. You I don't remember lie. that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm kind of uh, <laughs> repressing. Uh, the, those early like ten years were not uh, were were not great years. <laughs> no, they're not. It's it's all a blur of like wasted talent. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's funny you were mentioning about um people being upset about losing somebody, and I, there were even people yesterday. Um, I think even uh, who was I want to say Steve Lloyd on TSN. He was saying that um they they should protect four D and leave Broussard exposed which would just be absolutely insane like giving up pretty much giving up Zabanajad for nothing ultimately oh. <laughs> yeah that that uh, I, I don't I don't like fully get how you could say you know I would rather have Cody Cece than like Derek Broussard yeah. like that, that that seems like even even an obvious choice to the person who must be like highest on on, on Cody Cece that you wouldn't want to uh, <laughs> risk losing Derek Broussard so yeah. you could keep a guy that you know has at best mixed opinions about him in the in the community. Yeah, right. Um, so so after all this talk about the expansion draft, though, in the end, uh, who do you think Vegas actually takes? What's your prediction? I think they're going to take Mathot purely as you know trade bait at the deadline. I, I think they're enough. they're going to have enough young good defensemen that they're not gonna really have to take a flyer on someone like Kleisen who has you know looked good in limited minutes but again it's been sort of limited minutes um I think they'll 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 have a strong enough long-term blue line as it is or, or enough players to choose from elsewhere uh that they'll they'll look for someone that they can move for an asset like Mark Mathot Right, I, I could definitely see that happening. Um, just for fun, let's say, let's sorry, Dorian does trade a pick to uh, keep Mathot protected. Um, what do you think they pick Kleisen in that in that case? Uh, I might go Weidman. Yeah, I, 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 I think they'll pick Kleisen, but but I I think it'll be closer with Weidman than uh, than I think a lot of people would think, simply because Weidman's got a bit more. Um, bit more history bit easier to evaluate um maybe i don't want to say a bit more nhl ready because that's the wrong word but you know he's, he's a guy who you could stick into your into your blue line or on your second power play and and expect right. him to to succeed there okay uh, but just hold on a sec we there's one guy we haven't mentioned yet do you know who i'm going for uh no <laughs> borvietsky Oh, <laughs> I've seen his name on Twitter being mentioned. I don't know if it's if really. Yeah, could you not see that happening? Maybe they want a, maybe they want a big, physical, tough third parent defenseman. I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't rule it out. I, I mean, I think the the it's possible if only because the weird thing that I think a lot of people on Twitter are doing are they're just assuming that Vegas is. <laughs> Uh, is like just this genius group who's going to exploit the rest of the league. And and I think that's more or less because they don't really have any history as an organization to point yeah. to and say, oh, you know, they, they screwed it up there. Like 
they're 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 basically batting like a thousand on their two transactions to date in the sense <laughs> that you know they they couldn't possibly have screwed either of them up yet or there there's no way to judge them as being poor yet so it's possible that they're just going to build this team in a way that's completely you know the opposite of of what everyone on on hockey twitter uh thinks they're going to but i i i i would be really i think if they choose borowiecki then then it the whole draft is going to be a lot more interesting i think it's it's going to be crazy who the other guys they're taking are if, if that's the their choice off the off the sense i i just think they're bound to have like three or four huh kind of picks you know um you know they're, they're not gonna not every single pick they're gonna make is is gonna be the best player available so i don't know it's you never know what's gonna happen so i, I really hope they do take Boro. They they may announce a contract with Chris Neal. Like you, yeah. you never know. He, we're in that uh, that UFA period, aren't we? Where where they can sign anyone? So. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So so we we could uh, we could have a, a real shocker come out. I really hope so. Um, yeah. Okay. So a- after the expansion draft and the entry draft, uh, we have the so-called free agent frenzy on Canada Day. And as always, it, it's not the greatest class, class of players. Um, but are there any specific players you think Ottawa should or could target on that day? Uh, I think there's two guys that come to mind. The first is Cody Franzen, just because I, I still I still think no matter what, he, they're, they're a team that's going to need help on defense. Um, obviously, always good to have people who play the right side. He's been a guy who, you know, he's uh, he was actually a positive Corsi player last year on Buffalo, which um, always, always surprises me to to find those strong players on, on the Sabers. Um, he's like he's still under thirty, even though it feels like he's been in the league for a long time. He's got a bit of an offensive touch. He's probably not going to be super expensive because he hasn't really put up. Um, all-star numbers in in the last few years so you could probably i think more so than the cost the the idea that he won't need a long-term deal is probably the biggest positive um especially if you've got someone like um if you if you if you think that you're going to be giving more and more minutes to your younger defenseman over the next few years he may be a good guy to sort of bridge that and allow them to shelter uh, some of their younger guys in the next little while Right, I, I I definitely would love if they could sign Franzen. Um, I think he, I think a lot of people just kind of like forgot he existed the second he left Toronto. Um, but yeah, I think if they if they can somehow trade CC for a top nine winger or something like that and replace him with Franzen, they they automatically get you know so much better just just by doing that. Um, so I I'm not expecting them to sign Franzen. I really don't see it happening but that'd be the ideal scenario i i could kind of see it simply because it's it's like a uh it it's it's one of those like under the radar moves where where like you said like no one no one really talks about him anymore um and he's a guy who could you know they like those short-term deals the sentence they like those go out and get a a relatively veteran guy at at a low cost um if you know everyone's talking about where Kevin Shattenkirk is going to going to wind up he may be the the next guy down the list that sort of gets lost in the in the shuffle of everything 
Yeah, 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 I, uh, yeah, yeah. just bring up Chad for a second. second. Any chance they sign him, they you know move some big contracts around. They they trade Spinoff or something and and uh, open up some some money for him. Do you think there's any chance to even like talk to his agent? Uh, <laughs> I I think if they get rid of a lot of money, maybe they talk to his agent. But I I don't think he's uh he's gonna he he would be interested in playing in Ottawa simply because okay. I think going to Washington, he was a little frustrated at not being the number one guy on their blue line. Like, they 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 obviously did a poor job. They kind of relegated him to the third pairing at five-on-five. Five. Um, but I think he wants to be the number one guy. He wants to be his team's Eric Carlson, for lack of a, a better term. And he's obviously not going to get that in Ottawa when he has to play alongside Eric Carlson. So I, th- I think it's a long shot simply because I don't think it's a good fit for where, what he's interested in. Right. That, that, that's probably fair. Um, I, th- I still think they need one more scoring winger. Do you, do you see any kind of guy like that on the, on the market? Um, I'm not sure they're going to go out and get one simply because I think they're it it feels like they're too hooked on the team that they have now I mean you you could go out and you could try to get like a Patrick Eves or something like bring him back to Ottawa but I don't think the price is going to be right there and I think they'll likely try to either you know look internally to fill those holes or um or fill them with a bit more grit or something yeah, uh, Tanner Glass is a UFA, so, you know. That's the, the scoring winger <laughs> that you need. <laughs> the 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 other interesting move, or the other guy that sort of interests me is someone like Brian Elliott, um, a goaltender right. who could potentially, who I think his market has probably been depressed given his, you know, the start that he had to the season and then the end that he had to the season. He's really going to be a guy who's, going to suffer from that that recency bias given the way the the flame season ended um but he's like genuinely been like one of the better goalies the last well basically since he left ottawa um and he could be a guy that you know given the the holes in the center's net right now um if they're not interested or really committed in giving andrew hammond another shot uh, someone like Brian Elliott, I think, could be had for cheap and and could be a big win and giving them, you know, a, a good experience backup who you can be pretty sure he'll he'll play fairly decently. Um, obviously, with goalies, nothing is really all that predictable, but yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think he's a guy that you know could spell Craig Anderson pretty well and give them give them a good shot to win those games when the backup goalies in net that they'll they'll need to win to make another playoff push. Right, I, I would love that if if they don't resign Condon. Um, he's definitely a guy who I guess I guess what typically plays about forty to fifty games. So and I don't know, Anderson seems to to miss some time. Um, obviously last year wasn't due to an injury, but um, you know he seems to get injured quite a bit. So I totally wouldn't mind signing Elliot at all. I know a lot of people still think not very highly of him, but like you said, he he actually was um, one of the better goalies in the past five six years. So yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, two two forwards I had on my list. Um, I I had these two guys like 
man, like almost every single summer, because <laughs> they're a UFA, it seems like every single summer, uh, Christopher Stieg and PA Parento. Um, I don't know. Is there any chance they take a look at those two? Like, or are they probably going to be re-signed? Uh, I think there's a chance that they look at them, but they they seem to be the type of player who has, for whatever reason, like acquired that bad reputation where yeah. where no one wants to bring them on in spite of their good results, and it just it doesn't feel like the Sens are the type of team that's going to see the value and um, and bring in that type of low-cost player for those results. They don't put up the type of results that the Sens have seemed to have valued over the last few years. I think they'd both be like great additions to the team. Um, and maybe maybe they'll, they'll go out and surprise us, but I, I think that they're not going to fit the idea of what type of role they need uh, going into this coming season. No, I, think, I, I, I would say Tanner Glass is probably more likely than either <laughs> of those two. Oh, I agree there. I just, oh, if they actually sign Glass, I, I might throw something. But um, <laughs> to, to finish it off, though, um, what, do you, what do you predict Doran will actually do in, in terms of free agency and trades over the course of the summer? Uh... I think they're probably likely to to be pretty quiet. I, I think the the trip to the conference finals and especially being you know one goal away from the the cup finals has probably um, convinced them and and maybe rightly so. I don't know. I, I have a hard time judging the the sense considering how different they were in the playoffs than than the regular season or than most of the regular season. Um, I think it's likely convinced them that they've got a pretty good roster heading into next year. Maybe they bring someone like Stahlberg back, which would be, you know, I think a good addition. Um, I think, you know, they likely let Chris Neal and Chris Kelly walk, which again is probably addition by subtraction. Um, but you're adding Thomas Shabbat in, who's, who's hopefully going to steady up that, uh, that defense. And I mean, if all he does is, push CC down to third pairing minutes and they put either Mathod or Clayson up with uh, with Carlson, I, I think that might be enough addition by subtraction of Cody CC um, yeah. that that it could make them a, a legitimately better hockey club next year. So I'm, I'm not expecting big things unless they find, you know, the the president of the Cody CC fan club uh, <laughs> who, who, who you know, maybe Matt Duchesne is coming for Cody season. Just about I'll, to say I'll that. Those rumors. Yeah, when it when, when it actually happens. Yeah, yeah. I hope the, the that president of the CC fan club resides in Colorado. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I man, I I just had an article like a week ago about complacency being death for this team, and because I really hope they don't look at the trip to the conference finals and say. Oh, you know, like we were so close, we were with a goal away from the con- from the finals because you know that's not how it works. Like everyone starts at the at the starting line in the be- beginning of the season. Uh, you know, teams like Tampa, Toronto, um, Montreal—they're all going to be better this year. So, um, I mean, I really think they gotta uh, make some additions. And like you said, I think Shabbat will make a huge difference. Um, I-, I really think. Dorian will try to go back that Duchesne route. I don't know if it'll actually happen, but I, I can see more rumors happening. Um, you know, it'll probably try to include CC. It probably won't happen, but 
can always hope. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I just really hope Doran at least recognizes that they need to at least you know get a bit better. They, they don't have to get a Duchesne, but at least at least maybe get one other scoring winger that you know can improve your depth a bit. Yeah, I, I think that's maybe the one the one thing that they might try to do is is hit the hit the home run forward and get a Matt Duchesne or get a uh, maybe a Jordan Everly or something coming over Alex Galchenyuk. Um, I'm I'm just listing off like all the all the teams that I would love to rip it off. It was never Galchenyuk CC. for CC one for one. <laughs> <laughs> ah, damn. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I I think if they try to they try to do anything, it'll be more likely to to either try to hit a home run and bring in you know an immediate top line forward, or fill in that that fourth line um, with with maybe hopefully not a grinder, but 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 maybe a a guy who brings a bit of sandpaper because I I I, I sense that they. Uh, Losing, losing Chris Kelly and Chris Neal will will feel the need to have have someone like that in the locker room or around the team at least. Right. So, so to use your analogy, they're they're pretty much going to go for a bunt or a home run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're they're <laughs> they're 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 not playing to 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 get a walk and to get on base, which would be, I guess, the Chris Versteeg or, or PA yes. Parento. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The um market inefficiencies uh there yeah all right well uh, i think we can finish off there uh but is there anything you want to plug before we sign off uh no just uh if you want to check out more of what i've done the uh recently it's been at uh, um which is mostly like caps and stars focused content uh, but a few sort of like analytical like should teams fold their goalie at this point kind of <laughs> questions uh, or at uh, hockey-crafts.com, which is more theoretical and me trying to do weird inventing statistics sort of stuff. So you can find me there or rambling on Twitter um, about uh, about contract values at uh, Kane underscore Matt. Cool. Well, uh, thanks again for coming on the show, Matt. That was fun. Thanks for having me. This is great. All right. As I wrap it up, reminder that you can find the Cost for Pointcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And rating and reviewing in those places is very helpful for me. If you don't already, for some reason, you can follow me on Twitter at ShaqTS and read my articles at Silver7Sentence. I'll have another episode coming up shortly, just after the entry draft, and we'll discuss all of the Senators' picks and any potential trades that happen as well. That's all for me. Adios. (laughs) 